Hey friends, Dean here with some exciting news to share. You can now buy us a coffee. That's right. You can help support independent content creators like us by becoming a member of the 3324 Green Room at buymeacoffee.com slash 3324. Our episodes will always be free and that will not change, but your support at buymeacoffee.com slash 3324 will help us continue to bring you the best in music and movie podcasting, in our humble opinion. As a Green Room supporter, you'll not only have our undying gratitude, but you'll also be able to vote on which episodes we record and receive other perks for as low as $3 per month. That's the price of a cup of coffee. There's absolutely no obligation and nothing about the show will change. It's not going behind a paywall. Go to buymeacoffee.com slash 3324 for all the details. The link will be in the show notes of every episode as well. We'll see you in the green room. We're rounding up our usual suspects. Already, I didn't even start drinking yet. Jesus Christ. (laughs) It's okay. This means there's more wine. What'd you say? Jesus Christ. Just a lot of wine. (laughs) Here we go. Rum. Okay, here we go. We're rounding up our usual suspects for our 100th episode. Grab a table at Rick's Cafe American and ask Sam to play it again as we discuss Casablanca. Stay with us. Get ready for the 3324 Podcast, where lifelong friends Dean Legiro and Eric Coover share their love of all things music and movies. Dean has directed short films and is a music trivia buff. And Eric, trained in audio engineering, brings his extensive knowledge of music and film to the conversation as they discuss, debate, and celebrate their favorite albums, films, and much more. Welcome, friends, to the 3324 Podcast. Eric, this is a very special and momentous occasion. Um, Do you know why? It's our 100th episode. It's our one yes. hundredth episode. Yeah, it's crazy. I can't believe it. Um, usually, I, when we first got into this, and I was doing all my research, they the the statistic is uh, most pe- most people that start podcasts don't go, don't get past the seventh episode. And huh. I thought that's not really a lot. Like seven isn't a lot to do. I'm like, we could do seven and then quit after eight, and at least we wouldn't be the statistic. <laughs> we would just kind of get over this. You know, we we you know we passed it. Well, um, I think very early on we made the decision if we just keep it rolling because it's just yeah. a lot of fun just to you know get to see my pal every week and we can talk about movies and music and what's not to love about it you know yeah and and um, it's been it's been a learning experience it's been a growing experience I, I listened back to some of our earlier episodes and hmm. um, they're they're great um, but I can definitely feel how they how we have changed and grown and and I couldn't be happier uh, to have you as my partner in crime for this and, and you know, the, the guy that, that knows how I think and kind of gets, gets some of the, most of the corny jokes. So they kind of, <laughs> you know, 50% yeah. go over 50, you know, 25% land and 25% who's, burn. who's tolerated. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. And, and to our credit, I don't like to, I don't like to, to really pound the drum a little bit, but we have never missed. We have never missed a week of content. You know, some some weeks no. we've had two two weeks at two different episodes with quick hits or extra episodes. So we right. have, uh, you know, the one thing I, I can say I'm proud of is providing content every week for everybody. Uh, even yep. if you didn't care for the movie or the music that we did, we we certainly uh, provided that each week, and we're going to continue to do that. If you're in, if you're in for another hundred, <laughs> yeah, I, I'd, I'd say so. 
Okay. Why not? All let's, right. Let's do a thousand. Let's keep it, keep it going. Wow. Jeez. All right. No, yeah. no, I, I just want to give you credit too for doing all the techie stuff. You have obviously have the the voice for it, the head for it. I like to just but show not the up. Body. I just like to show up and talk and <laughs> give my weird <laughs> thoughts. But no, but you don't. You did a great job building this podcast into what it is. Um, oh, thank you. And yeah. You know, you become like, quite Jesus the producer. Roll is like, I'm going to get sick in a minute. <laughs> yes, 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 I don't know what's going on. I feel the sexual tension. It's really intense. Get a room. Get a I'm room. I'm saying. Guys going to have little cappuccinos and maybe share a pastry. Hey, oh. you know, that's, that's we have how our it's... own little table. In, in, hey, in, one spoon, one four, baby. Let's do it. Yeah. That's, that's how it starts. That's behind how it starts. Behind the curtain. Uh, that's how yeah. it ends. That's the morning breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought no better way to celebrate our 100th episode is to grab as many of our previous guests as possible. Mm -hmm. uh, why Why not round up the usual suspects for Casablanca? It only made sense to do so. So I'm gonna, we're going to introduce each one of our guests uh, by the episode that they appeared in first, they're, they're by their first appearance, uh, in, and in order. So our very first uh, on this panel... Uh, we are missing two. We're we're missing three actually technically guests that that have been with us. But uh, this person was early on, before our twentieth episode, we grabbed Mr. Sean Grady for episode eighteen. Yeah, which was Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. That's right. And uh, yep. so welcome aboard, Sean. Thank you for all of your support uh, from being there from the jump, putting the magnets on your car, throwing magnets at, at passing cars to see if That's they stick. Right. Rocking the swag in the pictures, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. Yep. Christy, are you he's giving you the, thanks giving for you the applause? Me. There you go. The raise, raise hand. I only have one hand. Even raised my hand. <laughs> and uh, that's so like a spring loaded thing going on right there. It, yeah. it goes boing. Uh, so Sean was with us for episode eighteen. It would only take us ten more episodes to get another guest, Mr. Nick Leshy. Mm -hmm. would join us for episode 28, which was Batman Begins. Yeah. So welcome aboard, one. Nick. Again, thank you so much for your uh, your support and uh, and everything you've done and all the all the contributions you make. You're you're the voice of reason. I, I feel you're the voice of reason in this group. Isn't he? Yeah, he's he's so chill, so calm. He is. He's very chill. Even when he hates the movie, he still he makes his point very, he very eloquently. Point. He yeah. suffers the no. slings and arrows of the religious <laughs> fortune. There you go. <laughs> and uh, so that was episode uh, 28. And then it would only take us another three episodes to have another guest, Kelly Cooper, wow. making her second appearance with us. She was with our, us uh, and provided her, her perspective for the Jewel episode, Pieces of You. So welcome yeah. back, Kelly. Uh, we've been trying to get her back for Shawshank, but we were, it's on the horizon and uh, we're going to get her back for that. So works. thank you, Kelly, for everything you've done. And Kelly helps us out on our trivia nights as well. Uh, she's the, the score tabulator. She keeps me in line as well there. Um, <laughs> so thank you so much, Kelly, for everything you've done. Mm -hmm. Next up, it would be another 13 episodes before we unleash the Kraken. <laughs> and oh. that would be Christy Cuomo would make her <laughs> debut on... <laughs> the Kraken? <laughs> the Kraken. Uh, for ep for our episode about the uh, top five um, alternative hits of the 90s, which is uh, right now our most downloaded episode of nice. all time, bar none. There are no episodes that are closest to that. I don't know what it is. I must have been in really good voice for that episode. Very um, 
But yeah, that 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 is our most downloaded episode. So so Christy, thank you for all your support and thank you for joining us on a, a multitude of other episodes as well. You're most welcome. Last but certainly not least, and he helped us out with one of our favorite films. His his debut was was one of our favorite films. Was Mr. Roland Arucci joined us for episode seventy three, which was a Star Trek Wrath of Khan. Um, and we haven't had him back enough. And I want, you know, I, when I'm making my list, I'm like, I gotta, roll, you know, I gotta see if Roland is, uh, is you know, st- we're still yeah, on speaking terms. A shirtless Latin man on any movie. I'm ready to come back. I mean, a shirtless Latin movie. man. <laughs> I think we can do that. Oh, <laughs> besides Ricardo Montalban. They're never Ricardo. But I can see, if, I can see if Ricky Martin's done any films. Yes, I can always I think check so. that out. So, Roland, thank you as well for all of your contributions. He helped us out on one of our favorite movies as well, Highlander. That's right. Um, he was there for, Which and he wasn't. Uh, he said he watched it and wasn't much of a fan. Didn't hold up for him, but, but we swayed him by the end of him. it. I think he came around. Yeah. yeah. See. We just kept pushing the Kool-Aid in front of him. Eventually, he drank it. <laughs> Unlike Nick during our heat episode, Nick would not take any of the Kool-Aid. No, he stuck to his guns. and He, he took a know, lot of shots yeah. to the body, though, and he still yeah. came back. So still we not. appreciate it. So thank you, all of our guests. We, we could have not have done this podcast without you. Uh, the enhancements and, and the, 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 the fun, the perspective, the points of view, the information, the trivia that you all bring – um, makes, makes these episodes even more extra special. So I figured let's, let's dump as many people as we can into Casablanca. So are you guys ready? What do you think? We're ready. We're let's ready. Do it. Ready. Let's do it. All right. So of course, as, as we always do with our, with, from our first episode to our hundredth episode, we have never not done stats. So we're going to roll out some stats because we like to give you some factual information and then the bullshit and the opinions and the lies and the tales, they come, they come later. But at least we could say we're going to start off with some factual information. So let's do that first. This was released on November 26, 1942. That is going to be 80 years. Uh, yep. God. We're not, years old. Can't believe it. Directed by the great Michael Curtiz. This guy was a, uh, a directing factory, directing up to six films in some years, like 1939 or, or 1940. Uh, this was back in, during the studio system of Warner Brothers, where these guys just... They, crank these things out, but, but, uh, that should not, uh, diminish his skill. Okay. The screen screenplays by Julius Epstein, Epstein, Philip Epstein and Howard Koch. Okay. Uh, it was based on an unproduced play called everybody comes to Rick's and the rights at the time were purchased for $20,000, which was the most paid for an unproduced play at the time. The budget for this, uh, this extravaganza was 870,000 to 1 million. There's a range in there. And the box office is a little sketchy too. His box office was anywhere from 3.7 to $6.9 million. Finally, here's, here is, here's where the rubber hits the road. Three Oscars. And these are the three you want to win. Best picture, best director, best screenplay. Yeah. I think if you want to take home, I think if you're a producer or, I mean, I'm sure you want to take anything home. But winning best picture, best director, best screenplay, that kind of that for me, that kind of encompasses, I think, you know, all of the, you know, Sean, let me start with you. I I think that encompasses like all the acting awards, too. Right. I mean, it's kind of, you know, yeah, the the acting awards are are individual achievement, but, you know, best picture kind of kind of really covers that and best director, best screenplay. Those are like the the three big elements that you need. That's a nice umbrella. You know, right. For for them to bring their A game for the actors, too. 
I think so, it's a nice umbrella, and the other ones, you know. Yeah, I, I think if I was gonna, if I was a, a pro, yeah, I think if I was a studio or a producer, I'd want to. If I had to pick three, I'd pick those three. Mm-hmm. Um, I dare say, Nick. I, I dare say, uh, I've said it. I think this is one of the best screenplays ever written. I mean. You, you can think of superlatives for every facet of this movie. And um, one of my friends, Matt McMillan on Facebook, um, he kind of was writing about one of his movies. He, he wrote something like Casablanca may be the perfect example of perfection. And then he lists all the things he thought were perfect story, acting, screenplay, cast, score, ending, you know, and he said no small feat when you consider that the world was literally falling apart when it was made. You know, mm-hmm. and I would think the one thing he left out was uh, cinematography. The lighting in this movie, I think, is probably the best in any movie from the beginning of cinema history to the end. Um, and the guy who did it, uh, author, I, I wrote it down because I forget names, Arthur Edison. He's the guy that did the cinematography for Frankenstein, mm-hmm. Maltese Falcon. So, I mean, just beautiful visual, you know, the lighting and the shadows, you know, the black and white just really pops the contrast. Uh, visually, I think it's probably the best looking movie ever. And I, yeah, I, I, that's a big statement, right? Yeah. And yeah, you, you make a good, is. a really good, a really good point. And I want to kick it over to Roland. You said this movie was made when the world was falling apart. And one of the things about this film, Roland, is the, it, the nature of how it handles politics and, and basically a, a lot of noncommittal attitudes, right? I mean, the Nazis are, are the bad guys in this, right? And, and they are, and, and when this was made, actually it was still very, you know, very topical, right? Obviously. Yeah. But the but the two main characters, you know, Rick, you know, Humphrey Bogart's Rick uh, and and um, Claude Rains, uh, Louis, are very kind of they they try and skirt that line of being very non-committal and and particularly like like with purpose, like non, like yeah, whatever. Oh, if the Nazis win, okay, you know, like I, I, it was an interesting take back then, especially during that during wartime when everything was so patriotic of, of America, America. You know, what do you what did did that strike you in in any way? Yeah, it, it sort of did, and and, and the way it's so layered. That, that's when you look back at these films, you, you forget how you watch it when you were a kid, and sort of like just in the background, and, and you're really focused when you get older. You're listening to it, and you're, and you're thinking about the moments. An interesting note: most of the people, the Germans in there, were actually escaped uh, Jews from from Nazi Germany. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people who played the German roles. So this is actually really impactful for them. There yeah. are a lot of moments where they would break down during the film, especially uh, Conrad Veidt. Uh, who yeah. played uh, Major, Major Strasser. Strasser. And he, he he really, I mean, he chewed up his scenes. I love the way he did yeah. his scenes. Uh, it, it was so layered with, with I, I mean, I was, I, again, looking back, they're talking about adultery. They're talking about World War. They're talking about indifference. They're talking about committal, you know, a commitment to somebody. They're talking about a woman who would actually throw her body at a corrupt, you know, official to get her husband out of the country. There's so many things happening mm. in this. That you wouldn't think, oh, the golden era, you know, they wouldn't, they didn't really talk about that. They were kind of prudish. This is a very deep layered film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very yeah, deep. They, they, a lot of broken characters who start off, I would say, you know, a little foggy for us. They know what they are, but for us. And by the end, you really get an idea of who they are. Like, you know who Rick is by the end. You know, even though he yeah. fights his nature. Uh, yeah. you, you know who Louis is by the end, even though they fight everybody. You know they are by the end, even though they so they, they don't they sort of like try and be something else. They all do at some point, but yeah. they can't get away from their nature, and and that, that that applies too to the you know what was happening during that time of you know being in World War Two and who's really fighting against their nature and you can't fight nature and these people are all heroes. In, yeah. In this story. Yeah, that that's a great point that that Roland makes, Kelly. That you know a lot of the almost all the characters uh, to a point except for one are are of dual nature you know they kind of 
they're conflicted with, they know what the right thing is, but they don't want to do it or they can't do it. Um, you know, and Victor Laszlo is the only cost, the only character that is straight down the line, like the, the pure good. Mm -hmm. Um, did that, did that, did you have a problem with that, Kelly? Did that, that aspect like bother you? Like all these characters seem to just kind of float in between doing, wanting to do good things or saying they don't want to, but then doing them. Yeah, no, I think that's natural. That's human nature. But I also think that it's so stark contrast between Rick and Laszlo and this, you know, female in the middle and her perspective on both, you know, it's just a very interesting concept of having this, you know, pure good in this, you know, this other person and that you can have these, you know, these feelings for both sides of the spectrum, kind of. Yeah, Christy, it, it's almost like that, you know, with, with Elsa, who's played by the fantastic Ingrid Bergman. Um, oh, my God, she's so great in this film. Um, she's drawn to one person o- almost because of a hero worship, right? That's her That's her relationship with Victor Laszlo, is she never really says she loves him, even when he said there are scenes where she's, he's like, oh, I love you. And he's like, oh, honey, you know, we have to get going or we don't have time. You know, she'll never implicitly say that, but she's very quick to say how much she loves Rick. You know, and can she can she balance these? You know, is it possible to balance these two? Because in the end, she does actually choose. Yeah, I mean, kind of like what what Kelly was saying is, I mean, this is that that's an age old tale of of uh, you know being torn between the good and, and the bad and and what you're inherently you're attracted to, which is she's attracted to Rick. I mean, she likes she loves Rick. I don't. I I think she loves the concept. Of Victor Laszlo, um, you know, mm-hmm. again because he's a do-gooder and what he's going to do for for the world, but her heart is is with Rick, and um, you know it's 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 interesting it, you, when you were saying before that that uh, Victor is the only uh, good character, uh, honest character in in this film. It's almost like Edie and Heat, right? There's only one character in a, in the movie that is genuine uh, by any yeah. by any stretch yeah. of, of imagination. Um, I think. Roland wanted to say something. Yeah, I've got Roland. Yeah, just to tag on top of that, Laszlo, I'm using the, we'll raise your hand. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Laszlo, uh, you know, they, they kind of, uh, Strasser uh, says, you know, he could be a hero and that's the concern of his of Laszlo's character. And they, they show that. And it, very much to your, your point, Christy, where, you know, she sees him as part of this movement, a greater thing. So he's above, he is godlike, you know, he's a level above. Uh, and, and she's sort of like, not, I wouldn't say infatuated, but she wants to support and be part of that greater that greater good and, and definitely some, Rick yeah, is and, her but, desire. But sometimes you, you can, you can admire that, but can you love it? Yeah. Can you, can you have, well, pa- yeah, can you have that? Pa- yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like yeah. she can't have that passion for right. Victor the way she does for Rick. I mean, because passion is passion and, and either you have it or you yeah. don't. Um, so no, I, no, I, I agree I with you. That. Yeah, yeah. No, Even the way they lit it was different. Uh, when yeah. she was with Rick, it's very, the angles are different. It's more, there's more of that shadow when everything's very yeah. prominent. Uh, when they were Lazlo, it's like a lot of two shots. So, yeah. you know, it's, they're, they're a couple. That's what it is. They're a couple, yeah. you know, and, and I mean, it's, it, the, the, there is no sexual tension there. No. Well, no, and that's really, exactly what I was going to point out. It's like the camera angles. And there's this one scene that really struck me where when he's, you know, starting the, the singing in the bar and, you yeah. know, everyone's getting up and everything. If you look at how she's shot in that, her eyes are just welled up and she, you can just tell this, immense admiration for this person but again that's admiration and that is this bigger than her situation and when she's with rick 
it's more a, a relationship that isn't just about, you know, this cause. It's an escape, more like. It's raw. Yeah. Our relationship with Brick is more raw. Yeah, good good point. Eric, mm-hmm. this is the reteaming of, of three of our favorites from the Maltese Falcon, right? Oh, yeah. We've got Bogart <laughs> back. We've got Peter Lorre as Ugarte, and we've got the great Sidney Greenstreet, who only made, I don't I think he made six or nine films in his very short. He was a stage actor, but a fi- not a very long film, uh, as Ferrari. Um it, it's just, you know, it, it, and I think they did Passage to Marseille together, right? The three of them? Yeah, this was, that was right after. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think seeing seeing that from the beginning kind of gives you, if you're a Maltese Falcon fan, kind of see, watching Casablanca and seeing them three together kind of gives you that comfort level because they're just, they mm-hmm. were just so electric in Maltese Falcon. But we always thought, we always <clears throat> often um, would, talk about this right i mean what's the better film like you know is it maltese falcon or casablanca so we were always i guess it it all depends on what mood you're in mm. but i i don't know it's it's hard you know watching this again i was like man this is a perfect movie but then you know so is maltese falcon so i can't yeah, i, I and, can't decide you know because yeah, they're just and, so great yeah mm-hmm. nick they, they both have the benefit of of rapid fire screenplays i think that's what makes maltese falcon and casablanca kind of uh, similar um, the, the pacing of it, the, the story moves, you, you get information that you need, but for me, th- this screenplay, there's just something about the, the cynicism, the wit, the stakes, the intrigue, you know, what is, 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 is that something you feel when, when, sure. when you're watching I, I this? Think, you know, I had forgotten how many, what awards it had won. So the fact that the screenplay was one of them makes perfect sense because the story, like, like Roland said, the layers are there. Um, and then like Christy and Kelly were talking about the, um, just the dynamic of the triangle, right? Because remember the era that this was made where apparently a married woman could not leave her husband in a story, you know, that they would not have allowed Mm -hmm. it. So audiences at the time knew that she was never going to leave Laszlo. So you see in the storytelling how they're like talking about, um, you know, she didn't know he was alive when they were in Paris, but watching the movie, you know, she's in love with Rick, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right up until that ending, you're like, she's going to, she's not going to go on the plane. She's going to, you know? Uh, So the storytelling is just brilliant. I'd like to read the play because I've never seen it or read it. And I I know it's very different and they changed it. So um, maybe Christy, maybe you know more about that. So. No, I have not, not, I don't know much about the play. I agree with you about reading it. Um, But when you were just talking about how she she loved Rick more and then uh, you know having having been married to Lazo it uh, it reminded me of Castaway of Helen Hunt having to to make that decision because you mm-hmm. know she loves Tom Hanks more right mm-hmm. that's probably where her heart was but she's going to stay with the dentist right because she had to make that choice and so probably some inspiration came but I, I don't know you, you were talking about it, just literally I, I just sort of Castaway and just because Dean said at the beginning. This is by far one of my favorite screenplays. This screenplay is is near perfect to me. It is absolutely beyond its time. Like like even like what Roland was saying before is, you you have all these these different things they're juggling. I think Warner was one of the first ones to even bring up showing being uh, anti Nazi. It was in nineteen forty two. This woman's ha- basically having an affair. I mean. She did. She thought her husband was dead, but you know she slept with another man while married. That's you I mean, back then you you couldn't do that. I mean, the, just it's just so much is going on in here. But 
the way that they put it all together and the comedy routine between Claude Rains and, and Bogart, just that dynamic, every scene with the two of them is my favorite scene. Yeah. I, 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 Sean, I, fir- I firmly believe that this movie could not have been made without Claude Rains in that supporting no. role. Yeah. Um, I, I think that, that he provides uh, the, you know, he, he kind of almost said, he, he's, done, he's not afraid to say what's on his mind, which was very, back then, very open for a character too, especially with the innuendo that they were getting away with. You know, a lot of this, oh, the, you know, I'm bringing a beautiful blonde tomorrow, Ricky, and, you know, I expect her to lose, you know, at the roulette table. Sean, that you, you, you hadn't watched this much recently, right? Is, no. a, a, so yeah. I mean, he's making innuendos about you know a gay couple too. Even when the girl yeah. brings the boy, oh, with the husband. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. 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 He's, he's, he's yeah. I was like, that's actually really funny. Yeah, that's really, really. Funny. They, they, yeah, they slide a lot of stuff yeah. in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. That this guy isn't. He's not a very good. I mean, he and he admits, I'm just a poor, corrupt official. Yeah. You know, he he calls it like it is, but they still. They don't really gloss over it, Sean. Did you find that bracing for, for the time? Yeah, I was like, "Wow, this is uh, yeah, this is a little, a little racy." The woman, the, that poor young woman who I felt for her. She's like, you know, I, I, you know, I had to, I had to get us, you know, is that wrong? Like getting looking for Rick's approval, yeah, for what she had done. And then I, I was like, remember what she was going to do? She didn't. Yeah, do she it. was going right. if, 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 if I did it and kept it locked away right. in my heart. Yeah. Well, yeah. He's like, send her in. You know, he, he's like, you know, another, another, uh, court request for the visas. Oh, send her in. And he's like, you know, I'm like, oh, <laughs> yes. yeah. I'm he's, like just got uh, st- he's just got a steady thing of women coming in. And that roulette yeah. scene is that roulette scene is great because, because of all the side characters, Eric, that fill out this, uh, this is one of those films, much like when we talked about heat, like all the side characters fill in mm-hmm. the world and and in Casablanca, it's it, even the roulette player in the beginning is like, oh, you know, can I have twenty thousand? I'm so sorry, we lost it. And then Rick comes in and fixes the roulette, um, and and he leaves, of, and he gives him a little. Actually, he gives, he gives Rick, yeah, he gives, he gives, but he gives Rick a little wink. I, I picked it up when watching yeah. it. He kind of gave Rick a little wink, like, yeah, I know, like you know, we got we got to do this, and then and then some guys like, oh, is this place you know honest? And and Carl's like, honest, as honest as the day is long, you know, like. Every- you get these little comedic snips of, yeah. you know, it, the the thing I loved about this film, Kelly, is that I oh, whenever I watch it, I feel like I want to hang out there. Yeah. I would be useless. I, it's not like I'd be a high roller, but I just feel like I want to be in there. Like the smoky, the the drinks are getting poured. People don't finish their drinks because they, they put it down and they get called away. Um, it just like for me, the atmosphere that that Michael Curtiz set. You know, it, it's it's like a real place, like Sasha the bartender. I love you. You know, like <laughs> just like all this, like all these characters fill out this world that that you know. So it's not it's not this. We are singularly focused mainly on Rick, but all these other colorful characters help help make the whole situation real because they know him. The smoky anchor. I mean, he's the smokiest person in this. Yeah. Uh, besides the yeah. actual smoking, but he's like this <laughs> smoldering, you know, character in it that's very dark yeah. with, a, with a cloud over him, and everybody else is, you know, he's. I mean, you have Ingrid Bergman. She, I mean, she's doing a great job balancing, and she offers herself up, you know, very quickly. Also, yeah. hey, maybe we can work something out. They're, they're all trying to play this game, and, and it's mm-hmm. it's a, it's a, a game of morals that you know what what are what are what are things worth to be alive, 
and it's really yeah. interesting. And and you have you know Claude Rains is just he is that that comedy relief. He's 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 every, the everyman mind. Everybody who's thinking in the back, I don't care what decade you were from, but everybody's like, well, would you? Yeah, yeah. Claude, Claude Rains is saying what everybody, what every creepy guy would do. So, yeah. and that's and that's great that they have these two battling, you know, egos. And he's and that, right down the middle. The, the, the story, and then you have these great peripheral characters that bring it out. And, and even Sam, who's treated respectfully. Yeah. 1942, yeah. where black men weren't allowed to fight with white men in the same battalion. This guy is treated respectfully and paid a, a wage, a really good living wage for his talent. And oh, you know, we have immigrants from Paris, from Russia, from all, all Italy. And, and another interesting note, all the villains had to be Axis powers. So, 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 uh, so all the villains had to be Italian or French. So all the pickpock is Italian. Everybody who's a creep is Italian. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody, nobody is undervalued in this movie. Everybody right. has a moment. They do. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Every character has at least one line yeah. where they, you know, they make their point yeah. and they're, 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 you know, the relationship, the dire situation of every, you know, everybody's lost. Everybody's like sort of afloat. This place is like an oasis in the middle of this madness. It, it paints the portrait. It, it really does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah. 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 one of those for me that paints the portrait. Even the great Sidney Greenstreet as Ferrari who owns the blue parrot, you know, like he knows he can't hold a candle to Rick's. Like there's something that there's something about Rick's that people just go to. They're drawn to it. And, and, and it's not like Rick is a great host. He's actually the anti-host. He's very cynical. And, you know, you know, the, there's a scene in the beginning when, when he's in the, in the gambling room and, you know, uh, people are trying to get in the door. And and he lets one person in, and then the guy from the Deutsche Bank is there. But Ugarte kind of just slides right in, like he's he's allowed, like he cuts the line. But they don't let the Deutsche Banker guy in, you know. So he's not known as like a, a gracious host, you know. What do you think, Nick? Don't you think the cafe is also a character? I think the introduction Absolutely. of the cafe, the first yeah. time you see it, you know, you got the the neon light or whatever it is, right? But then they have these like cutaway scenes of all the people there. They're all there for something different, something underhanded. Yeah. They're having business. They're you know they're trying to get those those documents. You know, the greatest one of the great seventeen thousand francs in yeah. cash. And by the way, Dean, I have sure. to interject here for a moment. By the way, it's not cafe American. It's cafe American. 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 <laughs> American, American, American. It's even spelled that way on the neon sign. So I wrote it that yeah. way, but I just didn't. You know, I already already botched the beginning, so it just fell apart from there. My the whole the whole thing just trailed off from there. Um, Sean, yeah, the, the the cafe is is it is it it's part of it's part of the thing. Most of the action, ninety percent of the movie, maybe even ninety five percent of the movie happens there. Yeah, no, I think it. I think it's a happening place. I agree with you. I totally want to hang out there. Um, I don't know if you, you mentioned the beginning and all the the little the little characters. Did you uh, pick up the uh, far? I think the pharmacist from It's a Wonderful Life, uh, the one that uh, he's the right. These guys. No, the no, he's. I can't remember his name. The one that um, the one no, that the smacks. One that that he works yeah, for. Yeah, his, his kid dies, it. and then he. Yeah. he yeah. He's yeah. a little cameo in the beginning of that. And that. Mr. Gower. Mr. Gower. Yeah, Mr. Gower. Yeah. Mr. Gower. That's yeah. it. Yeah, he's okay. got a little cameo in there. In I the think beginning. there's a rumor that Benny Hill had a cameo in it. I as heard well. that rumor too, but I didn't really? know it was Jack yeah. Benny. Must have been Jack. really young. <laughs> Benny Hill, Jack Nicholson, <laughs> Ben Affleck. We could just kind of <laughs> Matt Damon's never there. Since Roland brought up Matt Damon, the two people who can make any ex-smoker want to smoke is Humphrey Bogart and Matt Damon. 
Matt Damon's <laughs> literal hunting is a phenomenal smoker. And is Bogart is a really good smoker. Like he's, just, oh, he, he's, he's a good walker. Yeah, he's cool. He, he's he cool. does it. He does it very, very few well. People know how to walk on screen. No, yeah, he knows what to do with his walk. hands. He he's, right. he's got he has a certain his... persona about him. I don't know what it is. And, and drinking the, the the amount of drinking, yeah. like I said, the amount of drinking or the the drinks that get poured and then they don't finish. Yeah. Like Rick gets pulled away, he takes one little slug and then he goes to another table and um it's all a character though that prop uh, work is a character it's it's, it's yeah. building that tension of everything so yeah. urgent you can't finish a drink so, and no so was, a drink. was rick's cafe the inspiration for cheers <laughs> huh? maybe, maybe maybe could be maybe. could be maybe there was no there was no Ferrari cliff, was was norm, even though well it's funny the uh the bartender sasha he wasn't the original choice. Um, the guy who plays who plays Sasha was actually a drinking buddy of, of Bogart's. Oh, yeah. And they got along really well. Um, and the first guy really wasn't funny enough, so they kind of put this guy in who was an actor, but he was a drinking pal, uh, and he just stole the show. Yeah. You know? I love you, Yvonne. You know, like <laughs> just like like those little aside and, and that whole Yvonne character, she kind of looks like great character. She kind of yeah. looks a little bit like Ingrid Bergman, yeah. kind of resembles her, and he's yeah. and and yeah. And and Rick is just so flippant to her, you know. I never planned that far ahead, and um, you, he's he's like I like he's icy towards everybody, but he seems like he's even more icy towards women. So you you see from the beginning that you know he's 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 damaged a little Kelly. You, like you kind of get that feeling that he's kind of yeah he's he's hard to everybody, but but the scene with Yvonne, he's just brutal. Yeah, yeah, yeah I definitely pick up on yeah. that. But that establishes him. I, I think also the, yeah. the allure of him and Rick's Cafe is that he's they're, they're, he's ambivalent to everyone, but equally. So he's harsh to everyone the same. And I think that's what the, the that character of that space is why people gravitate towards it. We have well, like there's, a, there's a level. I think there's a level of respect going on there. Don't yeah, you? you know when people. Yeah, he is. He's kind of a, he's hard, and he's got this shell. Yeah. He's he's wearing this mask, you know. He's but to uh, everybody, to everybody. So, but they yeah. respect that about yeah. him. you know. It's they a, know what, what to say to him, what not to say to him, how to how to interact with him, you know. Uh, yeah, so he you know he keeps that level. So he needs that. He's got that reputation, and I think uh, that's yeah. important well, to you know. Let's Nick, not forget you, he's a, he, he's a heartbroken man. Yeah, deep yeah. down, he's, he's, that, he's got that's these, where that's yeah. where it all comes from because because yeah. the 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 hard shell does break down with her. Like when she, when she sneaks in and, and, and she tells him everything. And then she's like, you have to decide for, for the both of us. Like you, you can see where this all comes from. I mean, he's, he's just, mm -hmm. he's like, he's a human being. You put up a, you put up a, you know, a boundary when you get really, really hurt. I mean, well, I mean, that's to what Dean's it is. Point, if you notice too, if uh, to Dean's point of all the drinking, that, that doesn't happen until Elsa shows up. That's, yeah, when no, that's, when starts starts... The, that's when he starts hitting the bottle and he's, you know, yeah. the, the rest of the movie, he's sitting by himself, even when everything, you know, oh, you're, you're becoming your best customer. He's sitting by himself drinking, yeah. you know, yeah. like, is he, he's expecting her to walk in the door again. And, you know, so he, you know. Yeah, Sam tries yeah, to pull him out. Sam's like, come on, yeah. come home, you know, come with me. Let's, yeah. let's get out of here. Yeah. Carl too, they chide yeah. him a little bit. Yeah. So it's a lot of that. Yep. Yeah, that's, and that's, and that's and, what that raised the tension. Yeah, what do you got, Nick? That flashback then to Paris is so jarring to me then because you see Rick happy. That yeah. smile looks yeah. real. And what you've seen so far, and it's coming from the, you know, him kind of just having that drunken, you know, thing. It's just like, 
it's it's amazing. It, it, that first it, encounter, he's horrible absolutely. to her. Yeah, he's basically calling her basically a whore. You know, aren't you the guy? That, aren't you the kind that tells? And uh, you know, she she's absolutely despicable to her. He's just let let's let, well, let me talk about that flashback a little bit, Kelly. I was thinking about this today, and I never thought about it before. Do you think that the flashback would have been more impactful if it was in color? No, just the flashback. Is it or is that a gimmick? No, would that it, have been. Yeah, it would have definitely how different it was and how different he was. You know, it would have been maybe a little heavy handed. Oh, oh, yeah, my life had color. But yeah. I was thinking about it. Were you thinking? No, you- I think that this entire movie would be lessened by being in color 100%. Because like you were pointing out before, the cinematography, the angles, the lighting, all of that is so much more stark in a black mm-hmm. and white film. If it was in color, a lot of that would have disappeared. And mm-hmm. I, 100%. yeah. If you notice, yeah, every every intimate scene with Rick and Elsa is shot like noir style. They are they are mm-hmm. shot in the dark. And when he's, you know, to go back to talking about Vlaslo and her, you know, everything is in broad daylight. When she's talking about her husband, it's in broad daylight. But when they're intimate, when they're kissing, when they're dancing, even in the flashback scene, they're shot in the dark. It's very intimate and it's very sort of noirish style. And that was, that was done on purpose. So yeah, they wouldn't have had the same effect if it had been yeah. color, you know, and they did colorize it at one point too. Oh, I think. That was, it, no, yeah. that was, no, that I just went for the flashback part to colorize yeah. that, to kind of, kind of separate it. But yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's, it's Sean. It's a good thing. I didn't direct that film then because, uh, <laughs> you know, would have been, a, would have been, would have been a, a, a bad, bad, bad thing. Um, Sean, one of my favorite scenes also is the Viva La France scene. So when, when Laszlo's upstairs with Bogart and they're talking and then all of a sudden the, the, the Nazis start singing, mm-hmm. um, you know, whatever their song is, I don't know what it is. Sorry, Nazis. Um, <laughs> then he, he kind of rushes down, he kind of rushes downstairs, you know, you like, like to apologize to Nazis. It's okay. Yeah. It's <laughs> But but when he when Laszlo like rushes downstairs and kind of Bogart looks behind and and he grabs the orchestra and they start, I think that's the I think that's a turning point because that's when everybody starts to realize like even Yvonne because she was like at that point hooking up with the Italians or the Nazis and kind of almost to spite Rick, um, I think it was a turning point for the film because then it, it, you know that's when Strasser realized he goes look if 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 he can do this in one in, in a bar. You know, what else can he do? And that's kind of when the tide really turned towards maybe keep him in Casablanca, Laszlo, and and we'll keep him under wraps to, I think we need to get rid of him. What did you, it's, you as, know? It, it's as compelling as any battle scene, you know, like any violent battle scene on the battlefield. It's a battle of, of wills. It's about, you know, he's stirring everybody up. It's It's just as stirring. And just as dramatic, and it's it's a hell of a scene. Yeah, yeah. Roland Roland scene. brought this up earlier, but that scene, because you had a lot of you know refugees playing these extras, was an incredibly emotional scene. the The tears were were genuine. It, it, they were it was, real. Yeah. It was a real. I so when there were only you, three American born Americans. Yeah, only three film. Americans in in, in yeah. the entire film. Uh, Sam uh, Bogart, and then the, the 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 young girl that comes to him. Um, she was like an executive. Yeah, she was the stepdaughter of Jack Warner, I think. Or something. Um, so, well, yeah. even Michael Curtiz was, he was an immigrant. He's Hungarian. You know, Hungarian. He came, <laughs> you know, when the war started, he came to America and, you know, got his start there. So everybody was feeling that, that vibe. Yeah. You're right, Christy. It was. You know, yeah. The political climate was hot and to handle, yeah. you know, to 
kind of again have but to have americans just be so uh, you know rick is just so staunchly non-committal louis is just uh, louis kind of like uh yeah if you win if you know like to the nazis like if you win that's great you know, and, and they're like, well, what if we don't? He goes, well, you know, you're Nazis. You'll probably you're like he was like always just trying to like placate just so he can kind of keep keep what he has, like his grift mm-hmm. kind of like mm-hmm. that. I think, Sean, that, that was his main concern is is like, let me keep my thing going uh, and I'll just weather these other these other things are, are inconveniences to different varying degrees. Is that does that sound? Yeah, but I think there's a. I mean, didn't he do some, you know, fighting for certain causes that, uh, you know, might have been underdog type causes? I mean, that's kind of what I got. That there's a there's a part of him that doesn't that still has a conscience, I believe, mm-hmm. and that he, maybe he not he might not wear that on his sleeve where he's you know where mm-hmm. he stands because uh, it's not safe. Also, close, right, keeps it all close to the vest. Yeah. And and probably for self-preservation too, because it's not safe to, you know, yeah. uh, sympathize one way or the other. Roland, did you, what did you have? Yeah. I mean, we're looking at, we're looking at this film, you know, from eyes in, in, in 2022, but mm-hmm. during, during this period, 2022, you know, are we, are we there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, uh, but, uh, but, but, you know, you, uh, you're looking at that, that, at that time period, there are, you know, fascist wars, you know, about 20 years before that, Italy already was established as a fascist country. So a lot of people did go to other countries and, and do these battles all the way from the Greek independence all the way to, to there. People were just jumping to other countries and starting these wars for freedom and idealism. So they fit. These characters really fit well uh, within the, the worldview of that time. And the interesting thing for me is when you look at, let's say, it's not really a patriotic movie. It has nothing to do with being mm. American. He happens to be American. But it doesn't have anything to do with being American. He actually can't return to America. So seeing right. a movie that is anti-war, anti-German, yet not really pro-American and very much on a human level, now a human person, an individual can have an impact on the greater good of the world, is something you rarely see. I think that's probably what's very compelling about the story and why it's just yeah. a strong script. Yeah. It's very yeah. human level. It's not world level. It's not, it's not Marvel comics. It's very DC. Yeah. It deals with a small city. Yeah. <laughs> what do you got? Um, Rick's background, you know, they, like like Sean was saying, they they hinted like that, you know, he was running guns or he was doing stuff to help the cause. And then I think the implication is that once his heart was broken, he kind of was like, I don't care anymore. So he was helping both sides. You know, he's like, oh, you want to arrest this guy? Go ahead, do it. Oh, you want to? Yeah, all right, I'll help you. Pat, you know, get the get the papers you need. I stick my neck oh. out for nobody. Yeah. So I think <laughs> that's the implication. Impression. Yes. No, 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 no. He did. He did a Peter Lorre. He did a Peter Lorre. Peter Lorre. A little bit. I didn't. Did I do Peter Lorre? No, I just said Peter Lorre. You did. You've done. You. You did Peter Lorre. You did. You've done better though. Rick, help me, please. Rick, do Pinky. There you go. When you do his Pinky in the brain, Ren and Stimpy. Ren and Stimpy. Eric. What do you got? I, I just wanted to, uh, to to piggyback Roland's comments about the worldview, and keep in mind too that you know uh, this isn't actually forty two; it's forty one. America was just entering the war at this point, so in my mind, Rick represents America by the end of the movie. But what he does and the sacrifice that he makes, he's going to go off. Now he's a patriot. Now he's going to do what he's going to do. It's almost metaphorically like he is he is representing America at this point. Mm. 
that America is now entering the war, that we are yeah. part of this now. Yeah, so that was, and and, you know. and also the concept of America because a lot of the yeah. most of the most of the refugees are trying to get to America, right? That's the whole right. thing. Is uh, you know, Carl sits down and celebrates with a with a with you know, it's one of the lighter hearted scenes. He celebrates with a with an older couple. He's like, oh, we're going to America, and well, we're going to speak English from now on because we're going to America, and you know, and and the <laughs> yeah. young couple, we want to get to America, you know. So there was that there was some some kind of like uh, underlying patriotism. Of, you know, America is where the, you know, where the, where the, the, still the land of dreams, you know, like that's where people, everyone was, no one was saying, you know, that everyone wanted to get out of Europe and the only place to go was America, right? And yeah. there was nothing stable at that point in Europe. So every, you know, all destinations led, led West in this case, you know, to, to America. So there is, it's, yeah, it wasn't a bang you over the head patriotism of, of rah, rah, rah USA, but it's there that, hey, America is where we want to go because that's the safest place right now. So it's kind of uh -huh. kind of interesting from that. Yeah, it wasn't the the rah, 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 let, let's go, but uh, a little more, a little more kind of toned down, I think a little yeah. bit more. So do you think that they they were somewhat ambiguous about it because of the time period of not knowing what was going to happen with the war, not knowing what was going to happen with with Nazis and kind of playing it somewhat safe to not ruffle feathers unnecessarily. Or well, they all just... knew, we all knew Nazis were bad. I mean, that was just from the get-go, <laughs> right? Even back then in 41, it was like the Nazis are bad. You, you know, they were, you know, they were. No, they, yes, we are not. We had some Long Island Nazis, let's be honest. You had some Long Island Nazis. Well, politically yeah. speaking. Did you say Long Island Nazis? Yeah, they had a bunch. <laughs> yeah, Look, Long Island that. Nazis. There's you know, I mean, Roland yeah, is twenty twenty two. You still have Long Island Nazis. You do. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, the the biggest network of Nazis were were arrested in, in Queens. Yeah, well, that's too. nice. Yeah. But um, yeah, Glendale. Well, there's Glendale that there's stuff. that scene. It's my one of probably one of my favorite lines in the film. One of my favorite scenes is when Strasser is like you know meeting Rick for the first time, and he's like, "We got a complete dossier on you," and he's giving him all this. <laughs> Are my yeah, eyes really and, brown? And, yeah, and he's, he's he goes, and then and that other guy's. Can you imagine us in London? And he's like, when you get there, ask me. You know, yeah. like Rick is very like. But isn't that, and, that, and, that's what's so great about this movie? And, it's, that there's that one line where he says to Strasser, he goes, you know, uh, how about New York? And he's like, well, I have there's several sections of New York where I wouldn't advise you to try to. <laughs> there you go. How about your and beloved Paris? That's not my <laughs> beloved Paris. You know, he's so. You know, Better than that, though, there's an actual movie in, in, based on that line. I think it's it's there's all through the night with Bogey, yeah, where he the Nazis. covers a Nazi spy ring. They're trying to blow up a battleship in New York Harbor, and it's a it's sort of a comedy noirish kind of comedy, you know. But he's like a gangster in it, so you got these gangsters fighting Nazis, which is awesome. That kind of sounds of the like most Rocketeer. underrated roles. It's a great film. Great film. sounds like the Rocketeer. Yeah. Yeah. It has nothing to do with what, what, what Eric is saying, but when he's like, to, when Louis is like, why'd you come to Casablanca? He goes, I came from, from the waters. He goes, this is the desert. He goes, what waters? He goes, I was misinformed. I was misinformed. <laughs> such, such, every line. I mean, it's, it's such line. dry every humor, line. but it's yeah. so yeah. great. Yeah. That's yeah. a great delivery. Dry, dry humor, humor. Came, came to the desert, dry humor. Get it? Get it? Yeah. I got it. I got Very it. good, Dean. Very good. Um, Kelly, who's, your, who's some of your favorite characters in this film? What 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 drew, what drew you to this film besides the love you know the the, the love story is kind of universal. Yeah, so when I was younger because I never really watched this movie all the way through until I met Eric and 
I was so confused. Like I, a second I was, date. Yeah, no, when we were when I was watching it, I was like, this is so much different and so much better than the pop culture shows you you know what I mean because you just think yeah. oh it's this love story and blah 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 but you don't realize how much drama there is and how much but to be honest Sam is my favorite character I love how, what he brings to that and like like you said everyone quotes play it again Sam but you don't realize how to, how much torment is in that song and you know he's in this really precarious position because he has to kind of just like keep things light and you know but yet, you know, and in this case, you know, he has these two people that he has known and, and knows the whole story. So, yeah, yeah. I think and he's, he, he's kind of like Rick's protector. Also, yeah. he's trying to shield, you know, initially trying to shield uh, Ilsa from him. Right. Oh, you know, Rick. Oh, he's not here. Oh, he's gone. Oh, he's up at the Blue Parrot. With, oh, you know, you used oh, to you be know, such a better yeah. liar, Sam. You know? <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then and then that leads to that scene afterwards where he's, you know, you know, you get the famous line of all the gin joints and all the, you know, she walks into mine and mm-hmm. uh, what time, you know, the, you know, everybody in America is sleeping. Um, and he's like, let's get out of here. Let's go. You know, let's we'll drive. We'll go fishing. You know, so he is he is kind of a I don't know if he's a con- I, I don't know. Maybe he's a con- maybe he is a confidant of his, but he mm-hmm. also feels like he's a protector because he knows maybe how hurt Rick you know, Sean, is that, does that sound about right? Like he, he kind of knows how, how yeah. hurt Rick was over this. Cause he was with him at the train station mm-hmm. yes. when he got the letter. Right. And so Sam was really the only one that really knows the dynamic of what was going on. And I think he kind of plays that protector role. You- I agree. Yes, I, I agree. I, I like I like the dynamic between them two, them two, especially when Ferrari wants to hire him. And, you know, he walks right up to Sam and says, he'll pay you double what I can. He said, yeah, but I can't even, I don't have time to spend the money that you pay me. You know, like, <laughs> I love that line. I, I love it. I think, I love their dynamic. I think, I think they're protectors of each other, I think, as well. I think, um, I think Rick definitely looks out for Sam and Sam definitely looks out for Rick. I think it's, yeah, because it's mutual. He, yeah, because also, Sean, when he, sell, when he sells the his, his place to Ferrari, mm-hmm. he goes in, you know, Everybody, everybody stays or it's off and and Sam gets 25%. 25% yeah. I, I know he gets 10, but he's worth it. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a, he's a, he's a value and, and, and Ferrari was trying to get him from the beginning. So he, he was, you know, Sam was like a hot commodity, yeah. you know, for, for yeah. what he brought. It was kind of like, yeah. And, and, you know, it was a great line in there. Like, I don't buy and sell people, you know, right. go ahead and ask him yourself. Yeah, to like, point. I'll, I'll take my hands out. Like, I, you know, to- to Roland's point, it was very respectfully done, and you yeah. know, they weren't, but they weren't afraid to acknowledge it either. You yeah. know, like I don't buy and sell human beings, and then, but yeah, but what, what are we doing? Refugees, it's the same thing, and so yeah, it's, you're basically it's not doing just that. Sam, it's you know, right, yeah. exactly. So the the whole situation is is such it's so human and so uh, you know uh, <clears throat> you know for a movie of its time, it it, it wasn't afraid to show those those faculties and it was done in such a, a clever way that it was in the writing that it was just everything is everything is represented i feel yeah we're represented you know, the right way yeah you know, what do you yeah. got um Dooley wilson in the role of sam yeah. is, i mean so great and they were supposed to dub over his vocals for that you know iconic song and luckily they didn't because him singing you know as time goes by i i can't imagine anybody else's voice with that song, you know, and it's been done so many other times before, but that's the, you know, really an iconic thing. 
Um, yeah, well, I prefer. I prefer. Oh, my head is curling. I like knock. Since we're going with Dilly Wills, I like knock on wood. Knock That's on a great wood. One knock on wood. Yeah, yeah. I, I, knock, I like knock on yeah. wood. Is, is yeah. you know because everybody's singing, everybody in the bar is singing. It's it's kind of like that that song where everyone's like you know who's got trouble? We got trouble. Yeah, yeah. 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 trouble. It's, it's, it's interaction. It's like. I could yeah, totally be in there with them going on. Yeah, yeah. And he's definitely he's the one who model. kind of progresses the story because he kind of like, it's almost like a handoff depending on what he's playing and, and things like mm-hmm. that. It like transitions the scenes, which yeah, is a lot of those. Yeah. He, he, he hightails it out of there. Like when Rick comes, so I thought I told you never to play this again. And then he sees Ilsa exactly. and he grabs that bench and pushes that <laughs> step and he pushes, the, pushes the piano out of the way. Like, <laughs> he's like, it's on like Donkey Kong and I'm not staying because you know, like you know, he just he gets he gets the hell out of there. He's like, all right, I've I've done all the blocking and and, and blocking great, yeah. I can for him. Um, yeah. It, yeah. Oh my god, this screenplay is just electric. It, it crackles. With 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 intrigue, comedy, melodrama, drama, romance, uh, threat, political intrigue. Really, you know, if you look at the directing, you know the directing part of it of how he he painted the scenes and and the little nuances and the characters, and it probably is his his perspective of being a refugee and coming from a different theatrical sure. background, not a very American theater or film background. It, it's I think that's a little bit why it's allowed to be so gritty too. You know, in that sense, yeah. very human that he's yeah. showing it from a different, a pro, more likely a very German, you know, production uh, P- POV. Yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah. Which the yeah. Dominant, and, you know, you have Brecht and all that European, stuff. And this is where yeah. this three penny opera, this, this is where that plays into that darkness that you yeah. want to show things a little bit peeled back. And the only yeah. peripheral characters to me are Rick's, he's, that's his conscious. That's the people who keep him sort of yeah. on his rails. You know, yeah. like one guy's telling me, hey, calm down, have a little drink, don't have a drink. I wouldn't do that with a girl. You're a good man for not doing that for a girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, and then they're, they're sort of helping <laughs> guide his wheels a little bit. And he does he yeah. does show that respect by making sure that Sasha, all these people are still employed. Yeah. They're so still he paid. gives it to them, essentially. Like, yeah. they got to have their jobs. They and that's what, that's what Carl, you know, like, his, oh, my, you know, I love you, boss. Like, like they, you know, that, that, heart, that heart of stone or heart of ice starts to melt. Get yeah. away, you crazy so Russian. We see it slowly melt where, you know, he, he, he brushes off the young woman, right? He's like, well, you know, too bad. Hopefully you get to America. Not my problem. Yeah. You know, but then goes and, and helps. And she see yeah. in that, in that great roulette scene again, she knows like the, the husband is oblivious, like leave it yeah. there. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. you know, like he has no clue what is all the machinations that are going on that the, yeah. That that she was going to sleep with with Claude Rains, that she spoke with Rick. Like this guy has no idea about that. And then that Rick, and then she's got no idea that Rick can fix the roulette game, mm-hmm. you know, and that he does that for her. Um, and, and he does, yeah, he's like he does it, but doesn't want the hugging, you know, like no, like, the, like like with Sasha when he hugs, he's like get off me, create. Like he doesn't want that. He just kind of wants to do these things like, and. Almost for when his own she, conscious, but not hugs, conscious, yeah, not for, you know. When she hugs him, he's just like, just a lucky guy, even yeah. to her. Like, he's yeah. he's not going to acknowledge that he did something nice, you know, yeah. something Because he can't, like, he can't let no, his he reputation can't. get, so, like, yeah, he's got a reputation, exactly. you know. That's right, yeah. You know, like, you know, you're right, Ugarty, I am a little more impressed with you, you know. Everybody. Yeah, he, poor devils. And I love the fact that this young couple, they're, they're, they're in it from the very beginning. They just show up. Yeah, they're in the, in like the first in, shot. They're one of the first several, shots. Several scenes that they just keep popping up and you know there's something yeah. happening there 
until it finally, you know, that scene just changes the nature of yeah, of, uh, and the know, guy with the ring, the just, yeah, the, the, like there's all these like stuff, like the guy selling the ring, the pickpocket kind of is working his, he, yeah. he's at the cafe, then he's in the bar, and there's just all these cr- just kind of characters that are just kind of doing their their little scams in Casablanca, like trying to take advantage of these refugees as they're coming through, just trying to, they're, they're coming in to get out. You can what see the doing, right? It's like the waypoint. And- you can definitely see that influence in everything from Star Wars to, to Indiana Jones. Yeah, the Jones cantina. Jones, yeah. Steven, Steven Spielberg, you know, he goes on to say that Michael Curtiz, I think, is his biggest influence as a yeah. director. And- he, he considers himself to be the style, like he's just an everyman type of director. He doesn't have a particular style per se, yeah. but he just knows how to shoot humanity. In a way that, and I, I, I totally, I see that in, in Spielberg's work. Yeah, and you and Curtis, says said as much. He goes, "I'm not, I don't go for like the, the the money shot. I don't go for the shot that you're going to remember." Right. He goes, "I'm looking to to stitch these scenes together into something that's Tell memorable." A story. Yeah, Tell I'm not looking to get yeah. the one shot like in North by Northwest with the plane and and he's and Cara Grant's falling right. and it goes over. Like he's not looking for that. He's looking for to to make the whole picture. You know, he's it's so. Uh, yeah, very, he's a, he's a worker. I mean, Michael Curtiz, you know, uh, direct, like I said, directed angels with dirty faces, one of my favorite Cagney films, but, mm. um, you gotta give the guy credit for him. It was just another production. I mean, back then these things were cranked out. It really, it really wasn't anything special. It was just Cosa another, Blanca f- was one of 50 films made that year yeah. by Warner Brothers. And it was yeah, they used to just b- bang these pop boilers yeah. out, right? They used to just yep. knock these things out and, and crank out and go on to the next one. And Bogart, you know, would make three or four films. Curtiz would direct five or six in a, in a year. So this was just another one. But Sean, what do, what do you think it is about this one? Why why is this one? Why eighty years later? Is it like it was one of the uh, was it like AFI or the National National Film Registry? It was one of the first films they picked for preservation. But it's just a one. It's like one of like Eric said, one of like fifty films that that a studio made. You're lucky if a studio makes three films in a year nowadays. Well, I, I, I mean, I think it's a great cast. I think the characters, the like, like they paint the, a beautiful picture, and I think that's a great point that those characters represent the conscious, you know, of of Rick, who's the main character. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, like Nick said, I think it's beautifully shot. Like, uh, you know, I'm thinking about everything you're saying. Like, yes, there are all those scenes are lit perfectly for each for the tone of each scene, and it, the lighting is a character that the. the the cafe is a character and the music, every, like right. everything yeah. is so beautifully weaved together uh, to tell this story. Um, and it's, it moves. Like I was watching it before I got on this and I was like, Oh, I got to stop watching. I got to get, I got to get upstairs. And I'm, I can't <laughs> wait to go back downstairs and finish it because, you know, because of our conversation and I, you know, I had watched, I wanted to watch it again just because I enjoyed it and I'm watching it. And I, and I, it was, I can't wait to go back downstairs and watch it again. And, um, you know, it's one that I wish I had paid more attention to like growing up, you know, in the background, mm-hmm. it's been about the lines, you know, the famous lines. Yeah. It's, it's so much more than that, you know? Yeah. That that's to Kelly's point, Christy, right. Is, is Kelly made the point about the lot, you know, played against Sam and, and here's looking at you kid. Right. And, but you know, it's, it's, it's much more than that. Yeah. I think, um, this film has five, uh, lines in it that are um, considered like the best lines in movie history. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and he, they played against Sam is he never actually says it, which everyone knows. Uh, yeah, is, is like, you played it, you played it for her. You could play it for me. Um, yeah. 
But if she yeah. could stand it, I could stand it. Play it. Play it. But one of, one of the things that I, I found actually heartbreaking when I was doing a little extra research for the film is how much none of them liked it when they were filming it. Yeah. Bogart, yeah, very true. Yeah. Bogart actually said to someone, I'm in the worst film. The, the dialogue is ridiculous. Uh, Ingrid Bergman didn't want to do it, but she, she wanted to... Um, go on to do it for whom the bell tolls, which she was still able to do, but she didn't want to do it. Nobody liked, got along with freaking, uh, what was his name? Henry Laszlo. Paul Henry. Yeah. Yeah. He Me. thought, he thought that Bogart was like a, a mediocre no. actor, actor. Ingrid Bergman thought he, that, uh, Laszlo, uh, Henry was, um, a prima donna. Like there was so much turmoil and I'm reading this and I'm like, <laughs> were you yeah. not pay- Like, how could you not have been in love? Like it's heartbreaking mm-hmm. that they weren't, in love with they didn't see it for what it was yeah right. i'm and then right. bogart's wife at the time uh, it wasn't uh, he wasn't married to Bukul hall yet thought he was having an affair with ingrid bergman so she was constantly on set like you know causing problems he'd be angry all the time like i was like what's going on <laughs> you know like, like i think that's the point though right nick it was it was just another film like this was one of many films that they were knocking out so it, it's not like it it you know it it wasn't until afterwards yeah, and I think right? well, it started winning awards, but then even yeah. even longer. And it became so part of pop culture. I forgot which one of you said that. Like the lines became repeated and and, and bastardized. Right, played again. Sam was never in the, in the movie, but um, the ending is kind of corny if you think about it. So they mocked it. They they spoofed it. You know the the singing. You know so. But if you see it as a whole, like at the time, I think it struck a nerve, right? Because of the time frame that it was in. And then over the years, I think people just see the perfection of it, like the casting. And, you know, it doesn't matter if the actors liked it while they did it. They gave some hell of a performances right together. And yeah. the timing was That's great. And it, it just works. You know, it just works. Imagine if they actually liked filming it and what <laughs> we would have had. Yeah. And, and Kelly, you know, Nick, Nick said the ending was kind of corny, but Kelly, I think the ending was kind of like before we had the sixth sense, this was like a twist ending. It was a perfect ending. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because well, they were yeah. leading, yeah. totally leading you in a certain direction. Uh, even you know, the characters believed it. And then all of a sudden, uh, yeah, he, he has a change of heart. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, no, I was, I was just going to say that it's, it's almost like I was saying before I had seen the whole movie and you think that that is almost like, we'll see you soon type of a conversation, you know, not, uh, this is the end of the line forever kind of a situation, you know? So that's where I think when you go back and see it for what it is, that it really hits you all of these things that has been spit out in culture and that play it again, Sam, she actually says, play it for me again, or something like to that effect. And it's Mm -hmm. like to have that, like, as soon as she sees him, she's transported back to Paris. You know what I mean? She's like, Oh, you know, I have this, you know, past life that, you know, for a moment I can, you know, have a little bit of relief from what's going on. Yeah. And the look on his face when he sees her the first time, it's like horror. There's a little, a little, very small smile. And then there's like panic. I mean, he, you know, and and Bogart may not be one of the greatest actors ever, but in in this movie, he really, what's that? What did you say, Nick? Good. No, Sean. Sean. <laughs> I, we got a, a bunch of gasps for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
I guess. I, I, I agree with that statement. I do. I, I think that there's, I, I like him in this, but there's times where I feel like it's just him. You know, like this like was, a, yeah, he's good for this. He's yeah, very yeah. good. Maybe, maybe because they were a little detached. They didn't ever overthink of who they are as a star. And he was able just to act. So yeah, he's got to act. It was later in his career where he kind of broke the mold a little bit, maybe with Kane Mutiny and African Queen. But up until yeah. then, it's like he was like a one note kind of actor. Like, yes. he knew what you were getting. Yeah. Yeah. He, was, he was always, I mean, he was always the heavy. So much, right? Yeah. The, everybody was yeah. doing right. the impressions of him because, you know, that's. Yeah. It was kind of easy to do, right? Yeah, I mean, he was but, always the heavy, and even in Maltese Falcon, that was like his first breakthrough role. And this was still, I mean, this was only forty-two. I mean, so he still had a, a ton of stuff ahead of him. Yeah. Um, so he was pro- probably still somewhat of an unknown quantity. Again, these guys are contract players for Warner Brothers, so they just mm-hmm. <clears throat> they get assigned the movie. It's not like nowadays where they're picking and developing, and yeah. it's like here's here's what you're doing, here's the script. So yeah, yeah. I could see where where yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not getting along with Nick, you know, but Nick was, cho- you know, Nick is under contract too. It's not like I can choose this and we do that. It's kind of like, mm-hmm. here, here's the roles you're getting, you know, for, for, it, it kept a lot of actors working, but then uh, other actresses like Betty Davis and some of the other ones really rebelled against and said, well, you know, I'm, I'm not getting to choose what I want to do. Um, but this seemed like lightning in a bottle. It seemed like yeah. everything, all the tumblers just kind of came together for a movie like i i watch this i look forward when i watch it i look forward to watching this film i I, I I really really get immersed into it i I really got i i go all in with with the characters with the atmosphere you know i really kind of just sit back like as if i'm in the bar Hmm. watching what's going on not participating but but kind of there when all these, you know, sitting when, when Rick is signing the checks and, and, you know, writing it in that, that black pencil type thing, you know, and, and I just, you know, he really, Curtis really did create something special in, in what was one of, one of 50 films. So I, I think that's, if you've never seen, if, if anybody in the, listening to this has never seen Casablanca or like Kelly said, you look, you look at the, you look at the box art or the DVD art and it's Bergman and, and Bogart, like embracing that, that climactic scene. That does not even begin to encompass what this film is. No. Right? Christy, Christy do you? Uh... Well, um, yeah. I, 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 what again, do you got? I just, I hope, I hope this was untrue. And if it was, thank God the studio Are you said just giving no. us more bad trivia? I, I am because when, you, when, you, when, you, when you're talking about it and, and um, to- talking about it, because I'm aware talking? of you, or, or talking. talking. Talking about talking. it. Talking from Boston, you have, you're gonna have some wicked oh, trivia. You're gonna knock some wicked okay. trivia for us. Ma- Madonna, Madonna, who I okay. love. We're gonna wanted, take this with a grain of salt. Wanted to play Ilsa and have Ashton Kutcher. Yes, Ashton Kutcher, who I also enjoy, play Rick. When and was this? In a remake. Yeah, in a remake. Which, which, by the way. I, I I enjoy both of them, but I don't. She she says she could be his mother based on age, and uh. um, the, the, there should be a list of films that you can never remake, and this no. film has to be on that list. Same for Citizen and Kane on the waterfront. Like Howard there are certain duck. movies. Howard, they what? actually did. They did. They made a. It was a TV movie. Yeah, they were Soul. They made Casablanca TV great. show and Scottman <laughs> Crothers as Sam. That's Nick. That's Nick, what do you, Nick, what do you got? Uh, you mentioned. People who've never seen it should watch it. Have any of you seen it on the big screen? Because yes. I think 
I'm gonna be in Boy. I'm gonna be in the Massachusetts, so I can't go. Yeah, there's. It's playing at Alamo. I don't know when this episode airs, but if anywhere where you live, if it's It'll playing be in a that. theater, you should go to see you it on a big screen with an audience because that's how it was originally created, and that's how you know most people were discovering it on TV. You know, and it's. I think seeing it in the big screen. Um, yeah, really make a difference. So, and at Absolutely. the Alamo, you can drink while you want to feel like That's you're at half drink. Do some and they probably have. They probably have oh, I drink <laughs> anything <laughs> when I watch it every single time. And they, every they probably time have I'm themed. They probably the have. They probably have themed cocktails too. Well, knowing the, the Alamo, yeah. as, he, as he pronounces the bourbon. And you can bring bourbon. candy cigarettes <laughs> with you and puff on the oh, candy cigarette. There you go. Dean, we should bring out Turkish coffee because they drink. I'm ready. Yeah, day. for I, I noticed that Ferrari hey, was drinking Turkish coffee. The I, whole Roland, day. I thought of you. No, I, I noticed he, Ferrari was drinking the Turkish coffee. I was like, there we go. There we I'm go. in <laughs> Prince, Prince Coffee Shop, East Tremont. I mean, uh, Arthur Avenue. Does Carl, re- does Carl remind anyone of uh, what was his name? Uh, Souza in, in Carlito's way, the the club owner. You don't oh, think that they're exactly alike? So, you mean Sasso? Sasso. Sasso. <laughs> Tell me they're not exactly alike. Carlito. Sasso. And now, and now look at Carl with Rick. And it's the same thing. Could be. Could be a little bit. A little bit. Just a little bit. Carl did immigrate to Queens and then fall into the Bronx. There you go. <laughs> so, we know what happened. Right, as we as we do, right, well, let's let's wind it down. We've we've got we've got a bunch of people to go through, but let me start with Kelly. We we, we like to do favorite scenes. Oh, okay. What what do you got? What what stands out for you? What what's I mean? There could be a lot. Like I've said in other episodes, the whole movie could be a favorite scene. Yeah. But what, what do you what do you have? What's what's one that really like for you? It's kind of like yeah. I can't wait for this one. Well, the funniest part to me, and Eric's going to have to help me out on names because I never know who is what. But that scene where he says, um, he says gambling is illegal, and he goes, "Here's a winning, sir." And he says, "Thank you." Yeah. I I'm love that. I'm shocked there's gambling. He's like, "Here's a winning, sir." Oh, thank you. I love that because it just seems so it's not even it's not that it's out of place it's just it's like timeless like that could be any kind of you know like casino type of thing and then he's I don't know that's my favorite Louis is just so corrupt that he doesn't care right it's like right Strauss is like shut this place down he's like why find a reason yeah, you know, shocked, so shocked. Gambling is going on in this. Here's your winning, sir. Oh, thank you. He just <laughs> sticks it in the back pocket. Like, we're still shutting it down. You know? Yeah, he he is corrupt and he knows it, and he's got no scruples about it. He he he'll make bets on whether Laszlo is going to get out and escape. Like, and he's like the put the chief of police, and he's making these bets. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's just. Oh, oh, oh and God. by the way, he's a terrible smoker. Yeah, no, he's not a good. Sm- I don't think he was a real when smoker in real life. Up, so. he's, he's not inhaling at all. Like no, he's, he's just, no he's Bogart. Just, okay, he no. doesn't need to. <laughs> he's no Bogart. The way he he sits in his uniform and the way he stands in his uniform yeah. and he's, he's got that wave in his hair. Uh, Claude Rains is the man. Sean, what do you got? Yeah. Favorite scene? Uh, yeah. It's, it's tough. I I like I like the scene uh, when. Um, Ilsa has just come and Rick is it's at night. He's got the bottle and him and him and Sam, uh, you know, yeah. Sam's like, uh, let's get out of here. You know, let's, let's go fishing. And let's, I like that dynamic between the two of them. You really get a sense of what their relationship is. And uh, I like, like Sam is one of my favorite characters. I yeah. With Kelly. So yeah. I, he's I like, he's like one in and one out. That's the way, you know, like Ugardi, Ugardi, Ugardi leaves and Elsa comes in, you know, yep. it's kind of, 
that that's the way that's the way my luck is. Christy, what do you got? Uh, actually, well, Kelly and and Sean both each stole a scene. Um, I enjoyed both of those scenes very they much. Stole it, or they, or that's they, or they actually like you, those scenes. I, they like the first, so they stole okay. them. <laughs> you probably liked it before me. I just spoke I before you. <laughs> uh, um, wait, wait, hang on, Christy. Before you go, uh, Sean, do you have any of the Casablanca action figures? Oh, <laughs> I don't have that, but I have. I have you have? Do you have, the, do you have the Rick with the trench coat figure that came out? Um, no. like, oh, he's getting was, was this guy in Casablanca? No, that's Arnold Tote. No, wrong. <laughs> he's a Nazi. He counts. Inspired by right, some of this got to be inspired by Casablanca. Right? He, he absolutely he, he counts. He's he's a Nazi. He's a bad. He's a bad bad man. Okay. Christy and Christy is coming back eventually. She's got. What does she have? What do you have? I have this. Oh. What is that? Is that a Bogart? What is that? So is that like a is that a Pez dispenser? No. <laughs> if you have a note, it's on your desk, and it's Bogart. Okay, but holding- who is that? that's Bogart. 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 Really? That oh my God! No, I'm, I'm, I'm showing you Sam Kinison because that makes sense. Can you, hold it, can you hold it to the camera? It looks like Paul Lind. Yeah, that's uh. It looks like the center square on Hollywood Squares. Yeah, that's uh, a drunk Paul Lind. A drunk Paul Lynn, there was Paul Lynn as Bogart. Yes, yes. There it is. What Come is on. that? This is the most horrific. Thing. It's the most horrific thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. That looks uh, too small. Like, yeah, I don't know. Different. I got the shit kicked out of him. Any... No, no, no. Excellent. I mean, you're selling it, but I don't know if I'd buy it. What? I, 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 Roland, I bought it. I, I know you did. I know you did. And we've all had moments. We've all had moments in life. Christy, let me ask you a question. Why would I want Humphrey Bogart to hold a piece of paper in his mouth? <laughs> because then he says, here's looking at you, kid. If it was an ashtray, if it was a cigarette holder, if it was a lighter, if it was a decanter, all of those would be apropos. It's big enough to put anything in Bogart's mouth makes sense to me. There you go. <laughs> it's just awful. I feel like he's a dentist now. I feel like Bogart's a dentist. For those, for those not watching, for those on YouTube, you have to come look at the video because this is just horrific. Wait, I'm going to tie it to my face. My, my it face looks is like Molly's ghost or something. It's like, like a, a finger like costume. Is that a finger costume? You, pay, you, pay, you paid money for that? I did. That is spooky. Yeah. Did you make that in arts and crafts in like fifth grade? No, no, I I paid I paid good American dollars for this. Um, American dollars. Do you do you have a, that not that, that notwithstanding? Do you have a favorite scene? <laughs> that's, that's my dreams. Yes, I do. Okay. <laughs> um. Well, besides the the the. The thievery from uh, Kelly and Sean. Um, it, it's, it, I like when Bogart sees her for the first time, and again, because c- of what we discussed, whether he's a mediocre actor or not, he goes through every range of emotion, and he does it very, very well. Mm-hmm. Um, the scene where why I like the one um, that that Sean mentioned is is because you. He, I don't know. I don't know if he was an underrated actor at the time, but he, his acting—he's so subtle, Sam, in 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 the way he brings emotion to it. Like he, he just doesn't overact. Like he's 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 even when when uh, Rick comes in and he tells him to play for him, and he's just like, oh, Jesus Christ! I just 
why do I get stuck in the middle of this? Like, I, I, yeah. I just want to play. I just want to get paid and work. I just, you know, um, yep. and, and honestly, any scene with Louie and Rick, <laughs> It's just, it's absolutely magical. Like I look forward to every scene they are in together, and I know that that's a cheap way out, but it it is. It is. is Claude Rains is just magic. He should he should supporting actor. Claude Rains Mm -hmm. is just amazing in this film. Absolutely amazing. He had such an easy breezy light touch to his character. There you go, Christy. (laughs) If if that was an impression, (laughs) wow, wow. Nick, what do you got? I have no thoughts to follow that. Um, But there's a reason Kelly, Sean, and Christy mentioned that scene because it does show um, Bogart's range. The the scene right before that, he's, you know, his tough character throughout the movie. Then he's drunk. Then it goes into that flashback where you see how happy and in love he is. Um, But since that scene has been taken, I picked the very last (laughs) shot of the movie because it comes right after the, uh, you know, the corny but heartbreaking scene, you know, um, that everybody thinks is so famous. And, but I'm still, I took yours, Roland. I'm sorry. But, you know, the audience is heartbroken. They wanted the, that couple to be together. The plane takes off. And then you got that perfect line where it's like, you know, uh, this is the start of a beautiful friendship. And the audience is like, what's going to come next? I, I think it's the perfect yeah. way to end the movie. And I just love that scene. Sorry, Roland. Sorry, son of a bitch. Roland, what do you got? <laughs> son of a bitch, Nick Lashley. Yeah, son of a bitch. Nick Roland, do you want to borrow? <laughs> no, 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 no. It hurts too much. The sting is still there. The sting is still there. It's like swimming in salt water. Thank you, Nick Lashley. Uh, well, I have two scenes. I will say the end. The way. Oh my god. They're, they're they're sort of uh, related. Uh, I I love the uh, the Laszlo and uh, and Sam scene where where uh, Sam tells him. That's Sam, sorry, uh, Rick. Where he, t- he tells Rick, where Rick tells him, talk to, ask your wife. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the pivot point for the movie yeah. for me. Where yeah. that, that's I the, said, ask your wife. Yeah, go ask your wife. That is like that, a that's raw. That's your Bogart? Bogart yeah. saying, go ask your wife. Go ask your wife. Yeah. And that is the pivot point for me of where there's the final dialogue of where, okay, now this is who he is. And he's peeling away himself a little bit. Mm-hmm. And he's showing a little bit of who he is. And then at yeah. the end, I, again, I think that's showing who he, who that character is. And that's why it's so, I don't find it corny. I think it's a very sweet moment mm-hmm. of somebody showing who they really are. Yeah. Yeah, and I agree. this is all part of my plan. This is who I am. Mm-hmm. God bless you. Loved it. You too, my friend. Best of luck with her. I got to do other things. I got to mm-hmm. find myself again. And he just reinvents himself again. And that, that's yeah. part of you know, it's the next thing. He's reinventing himself again. Mm-hmm. He's, he's constantly reinventing himself. And he makes himself a different persona. Is, is it a gun runner? Is he fighting fascists in Spain against Franco? Is he friggin', you know, uh, opening up a restaurant successfully or a cafe that's you know blowing everybody out of the water uh, instead of an Adobe? Essentially, you know, yeah. uh, I mean, the Blue Parrot's like a mud hut, you know. But and, and this place is got glass and marble. <laughs> you know, it's like what the hell? <laughs> actually, it actually sounds a lot like my life: fighting the fascists and then having a bar. Yeah. I've, I've, yeah. I've Felt yeah. like I've had a lot, yeah. a lot of the similar experiences. No, no, I see it in you. You wore, you wear it well. You wear it well. <laughs> I'm surprised <laughs> the studio. System, what the hell? He keeps it very low. I'm surprised the studio system didn't turn this into a buddy movie series. You know of them. Yeah, wait the road. Road. jump in. Yeah. Yeah. The, the road to Berlin. The road to Berlin. Yeah, what you got? It didn't play so well. It didn't play so well. For most of that war, that didn't play so well. What's it going to be, Eric? Oh, for me. Um, yeah. Yeah, you. Aside from the scene uh, 
where he helps the couple. Uh, I love that. I love that scene. That's, you know, and, and of course the, all the accolades that everybody, all his staff gives him. I yeah. love that. But I think to, you know, to, to add to Roland's uh, favorite scene, I also like the scene, the little exchange between Rick and Laszlo when they come back from the meeting and it was like after Ilsa tells Rick her whole story and what happened and, and then Carl and, and Laszlo, they came and he's wounded and he's wrapping the towel around his hand. And he's like, and he, there's that little exchange about, you know, why aren't you, why don't you care? Like, you know, I wonder if, you know, he's like, it, it, it might as well stop breathing if, you know, cause you know, he don't, don't you think this, you ever stop to think that this is all worth it? Why, why are you doing all this? And he's just like, why, why are we alive? And, you know, freedom yeah. is everything, you know? So I love yeah. that scene, that little exchange and ever, and, and, past that point you don't know what rick's you know you you're, you're you're kind of uncertain where rick is going at this point is he does he care does he not care no. so they, they keep it ambiguous until the very end and that's it's such a great second half or that third act of the film would just it's and, 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 and as from what i understand they, they didn't have an ending they didn't know how yeah. to end this thing yeah they, that, they shot they shot it sequentially because they were still writing yeah. it Right. And it was like they were making it up as it went along. And it's just brilliant. It's brilliant yeah. that there was such a change and such a, you know. Yeah. So I, I that's yeah. probably my favorite. Yeah. I mean, I, you know what? Paul Henry probably has the, the, the least amount to do with his character because he doesn't really change. Um, you know, he, had, he really had a thankless job, but he really was the, the anchor of of the unchanging good. You know, no matter yeah. what was thrown at him, he understood. Oh, my wife fooled around. I understand. I was you thought I was dead. I understand. You know, like he, he really is, I don't know if, if he's a patsy for that or he's like the greatest guy in the world. I'm not sure. Um, but my, okay. My favorite scene, there's a couple, pretty much any side character. Okay. So the, the night after Sean's favorite scene with Bogart, when he's, you know, he's drinking and he meets Elsa at the market and she's looking at the, the lace and he's like, Oh, 700. <laughs> oh, friend of Rick, 400. Oh, extra special price for Rick, 200. Like it keeps marking it down. Like, like I love those side. Like they're having a conversation about something really serious that happened the night before. And Elsa is totally blowing them off. Like, uh, you know what? I don't care what your story is. And this guy's still trying to sell them, like, like still her, sell her fabric. And she's like, oh, I'm not really interested. Like, like normally in, in movies today, those people would be in a, in a coffee shop sitting next to each other and it would be an intimate scene and you would just hear them talking. And instead this guy's like interrupting, like That's still right, trying yeah. to do, peddle his wares, you know, like he doesn't care. He doesn't care. He, he don't know what happened last night. You know, he's mm -hmm. just doing his thing, you know? So I love, like, I love those scenes of those characters that are, they have no clue. They're, they're just doing their grift. You know, they're just trying to do what they do not knowing all this other intrigue. And then, and then, but my, my favorite thing, it's not even a scene. It's just a couple of shots is um, at the very end. Right. So Strauss, you know, Louis, you know, uh, you know, Rick says, Hey, call the, call the airport, tell them we're coming. And, and, and Louis calls Strasser. Right. And Strasser's like, what, what, what is, what is this? Like, you know, and he get me to the airport. And then Strasser goes to the airport and he's, and he's going to, you know, put that phone down, you know, and, and he, and Rick shoot, kill Strasser. And there's a moment where they cut, they cut back and forth where the, all the, all the police guys come and Louis stops. He looks at Rick. There's a cut to Rick. And then Louis says, round up the usual suspects, mm -hmm. right? There's that moment of, 
tension of because Rick didn't really he kind of he didn't tell Louie what was going on. He kind of betrayed him throughout this. But there was that moment where Louis decided also yep. to, to take a stand because then he's like, then he opens up the Vichy water, you know, he's going to pour it and then he looks at it and he throws it in the garbage, right? He's mm-hmm. I'm done with all this too. It's, it's, it's time for all of us to kind of take a stand, you know? So that was a nice resolution. You know, he's still, he's still Louis, he's still probably smarmy and he's still subject to corruption, but you know, they, they make a great pairing. And, and I think that was that was my favorite uh, my favorite scene. So mm-hmm. uh, for episode one hundred, we have advo- advocated to the heavens for for watching Casablanca. And I can't thank Kelly enough. I can't thank Roland enough, Sean, Christy, Nick, and of course, where where would I, where would Eric is the co-host? So it's not even like I have to thank Eric. He's he's every week. He, we're, oh. It's it's our show. We do it. We do it together. Um, it's it's been. Uh, it's been a great run. It's been a great fun. See, I did a, like a, a little rhyming there. Great run. Great fun. Wow. Um, thank you guys for, for joining us for this episode. There are a lot more to come. Um, see, Christy, we can manage a, a bunch of, a bunch of guests. It, it is doable. It's doable. it's doable. Yeah, this was great. We can do Worked it. Like a charm. Work no, like a charm. No, so no technical difficulties. I mean, we even had a seventh guest, the seventh, you know, finger yeah. puppet thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's right. Special <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Eric. He looks like a Eric. That thing is horrible. It's yeah, like one of those like, It looks like a Ray Harryhausen statue come to life no, like one of the Titans. I should have I should have done one of those those it's like British the villain of Roger Rabbit. I should have done yeah. this entire <laughs> podcast like this and just kept moving yeah. it when I spoke. What, what do you have, Nick? What's the what's the I last was, word on your I have puppet? one question about the puppet. Okay. Christy, when you It's not a puppet. Whatever it is. <laughs> Did you know that was Humphrey Bogart? Or I mean, yes, that's why I bought it. Really, it said that on the packaging. It said Humphrey Bogart on the packaging. I can see true art, and you cannot. Here's the thing: when Yankee Doodle Dandy, she's going to pull that out and say it's James Cagney. (laughs) I don't think I don't think Bogart ever moves his lips as much as that in real life. If I, you know what. If I planned ahead and remembered I had this, I would have bought a pack of cigarettes. He never had a clothespin for a mouth. So anyway, that's going to do it for for this episode. Uh, Again, in order of of original appearance, Sean, thank you so much, Sean. I really appreciate all, you know. It says uh, it right there. It does. (laughs) Going to Bogart a cigarette. Um, thank you, Sean, for, for all your episodes that you've been on. And we look forward to many more. We, we love having you and we love, love the, being the, here. Sean, Sean's the original purveyor of the action figure. So, um, yeah, second in order, Nick Leshy. Thank you so much, Nick. Thank you. Uh, it's been great. I love Nick having on cause he's an easy mark. I can make him I laugh am. very easily. So oh. he makes me, he makes me feel good because I, I watch him break up and it's like, okay, that's good. Oh, Kelly, man. looking forward to a lot more from Kelly in, in the coming, in, in the next hundred episodes. Uh, we're going to be getting a lot more films on. So Kelly Cooper, thank you so much for everything as well, for all your support. Big, big props. Mm-hmm. Christy Cuomo, uh, right now the, 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 the crown heavy, heavy lies the crown on her head for the uh, most downloaded episode. But thank you very much for uh, the props and the puppets and the, the creepiness. Uh, all of it is, <laughs> is just, it's just strange, but thank you for it. Uh, and of course, Roland, <laughs> Where would we be without yes, the Turkish Roland. coffee? Thank you, Roland, so much for 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 
joining us on this episode. And, we, and again, we look forward to having you on a lot more as well. Thank, thank you. Uh, and of course, Eric, congratulations, Eric, on 100 episodes. Yes. Yeah. Same um, to you, sir. We did, we, did it, we did it. We did it. Yep. Big um, round of applause. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> and the, congratulations the biggest, to you guys. And as yes, we close, the, the biggest thank you is to everybody that's ever, even if you've only listened to a, a minute or two, uh, we appreciate it. That That's a minute that you, you stayed. Uh, and if it wasn't your cup of tea, that's fine as well. It's 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 quite all right. Uh, but for the ones that like it and, and hang around, we we appreciate it. It, it really is a joy to, uh, and I hope that comes out in, in our episodes, that we really love talking about music and movies, and we really have fun, and we want like-minded guests. That, and that's why we have these these people on all the time, uh, is because they love talking about it too. And it's, an infect- it's infectious, you know, and it's something fun. Uh, and hopefully it's a little diversion from everything that, that's going on in this crazy world that you could take an hour or so uh, to yourself and, and let us whisper in your ear or on your smart speaker or in your car when you've got some windshield time, whatever it is. Just got weird, Dean. This is creepy. This is creepy. I'm getting all sentimental. That's why. So, but this is creepy, right, Dean? Is there. That's important. Yeah. This is the creepy thing? That is the creepy so thing. But the, important, my the important thing is that we, we we really thank everybody for their support and appreciate it. Uh, we're going to keep bringing you a lot of great content. That's that's going to wrap it up for it, for episode 100, uh, Casablanca. So thank you, uh, Sean, Nick, Kelly, Christy, and Roland. And for Eric, as we always say, this has been Dean asking you to please be kind and rewind. You've been listening to the 3324 Podcast with Dean Legiro and Eric Cooper. You can find us on your favorite podcast provider. So please like, subscribe, and rate to become a part of the 3324 family. Your feedback is important, so make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at 3324podcast and on Twitter at 3324p to join the conversation. 